Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Van Maren Show. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and for the first show of this year, I want to take a look at an internet phenomenon that those of you who are younger have probably heard of, but those of you who are older are probably unaware of, at least in my experience, speaking to young people about the sorts of things that go on on the internet. Now, I want to kind of start by laying out the context for what I'm talking about here, because I think that a a lot of times people look at the internet and they don't realize the real world impact of the culture that is created on the internet and how it bleeds into the reality, especially of young people, this generation of which who grew up almost entirely online. Now, some of you may remember that I did a previous show last year where I described how the internet helps in shaping our social imaginary, how the social imaginary unfolding on the internet shapes the way the younger generation thinks, and that this is the first generation who have essentially built subterranean digital networks that are totally impervious uh, to adults. And this is unprecedented in all of human history. And this is one of the key reasons that the LGBT movement has managed to gain so much traction among young people. And that's because most parents don't realize that young people are encountering LGBT propaganda, LGBT indoctrination online all of the time. Most parents in Christian communities believe that they will have the opportunity to contextualize this information for their children when the time comes. They believe that most young people are pretty solidly rooted in the Christian faith they were brought up in, and that as a result, that they will be at least more or less protected from the kinds of ideology they might encounter online. Combine this with the fact that most parents are simply unaware of the sheer magnitude of LGBT propaganda that the average young person will see on Instagram or on TikTok or any number of the other social media platforms, all of which celebrate Pride Month and all of which are used by LGBT activists and LGBT influencers to make an impact. I want to give a bit of context for this to explain how the transgender movement in particular managed to use celebrity and to use popularity and popular figures to mainstream and to normalize their ideology. Because a lot of people were stunned when over the past five years the transgender movement went from the sort of fringe aspect of the LGBT movement to a movement that in most Western countries is driving policy. And even the backlash to transgender ideology in some countries where we see Norway, Finland, Sweden, and even the UK rolling back their commitment to so-called gender-affirming care. The fact that this had to be rolled back, the fact that transgender ideology uh, with regards to the transgender uh, medical complex got so far and so quickly, the fact that so many transgender premises were implemented in law without a referendum, without the consent of the governed, but was essentially done by activists who were informing governments is really staggering. And so I think even the backlash to the transgender movement is an indication of just how far the transgender movement successfully pushed. And I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that this probably could not have taken place, or at least it would have taken longer for this to occur without the intervention of high-profile celebrities who were platformed and were essentially pushed by the 
media and by the press. So one of the major pivotal moments in the history of the transgender movement was when uh, Bruce Jenner of the Jenner-Kardashian clan of uh, reality TV show fame announced in 2015 in a famous interview with ABC's Diane Sawyer that he identified as a woman. And of course, this was huge news in every possible way because Bruce Jenner is known as the father in the Kardashian clan. He was a well-known Olympian as a male, of course, and the fact that he was now claiming to be a woman was a global tipping point for the transgender movement because, first of all, uh, nearly 17 million people watched that initial interview, and then, of course, the headlines, newscasts, and the internet exploded in its wake because Jenner was a member of the Kardashian clan, meaning that anything he did or said was fundamentally newsworthy, and LGBT activists knew immediately that this interview was going to be a very, very big deal for their movement. And the follow-up reality show that followed Bruce Jenner called I Am Kate, Kate being the shortened version of his chosen female name, Caitlin, meant that, as one LGBT activist noted, uh, the trans was on the lips of everyone all over the world. And another commentator observed that now that Bruce Jenner had come out as transgender, everybody in the world knew a transgender person. And so this was an incredibly powerful piece of normalizing propaganda. Now, Jenner's impact on the transgender debate is now well-documented. It's actually even featured in a TV series called Out on Television, describing the way various LGBT celebrities like Ellen DeGeneres and others have impacted public opinion on the LGBT issue by making it seem non-threatening, by avoiding aspects of LGBT ideology that make people uncomfortable, but there's another recent story that I think may prove to be as significant as that infamous Bruce Jenner interview, and again, few adults are aware of it. So in April 2023, uh, Chris Tyson, a YouTube celebrity famous for appearing in the YouTube videos of Jimmy Mr. Beast Donaldson, announced on X that the distinctive changes in his physical appearance that fans had been noticing and commenting on for months were due to hormone replacement therapy, or colloquially HRT. And this is uh, used by trans-identifying men to feminize their features, to essentially sl slim their faces down and try to uh, what they call pass as women. Now, in July of last year, he sat down with another famous YouTuber, Anthony Padilla, sporting makeup, long hair, and heels. And there he announced, I am a woman. And Tyson told Padilla that he was now using she, her pronouns, and that he would go by the name Chris, that is spelt with a K as opposed to C-H. Now, Tyson told the online audience of millions that when he'd begun growing out his hair and experimenting with his appearance, that he was uncertain of his gender. He just knew he wasn't cisgender, and he, quote, needed the freedom to figure it out. Now, cisgender, for those who need a translator for much of the LGBT ideology that became ubiquitous overnight, means somebody who doesn't identify as heterosexual. And the late comedian Norm MacDonald very humorously quipped that the term cisgender was a way of stigmatizing a normal person. Now, this explained, actually, why Chris Tyson had previously announced earlier that year that he and his wife Katie, who is purportedly a devout Christian, were divorcing. Previous photos show Tyson as a handsome young man, married to a pretty wife with a gorgeous smile and an adorable little boy named Tucker. 
Now, if you go to Katie's Instagram page, it features heartbreaking photos of her lugging their little boy around all by herself. Now, I want to make a side note here because there's a aspect of this transgender movement that is almost never commented on. And unless you do any reporting or research into this area, you probably won't have heard of something called trans widows. Now, trans widows are, uh, it, this is a phrase that's coined by those whose spouses have chosen to transition to the opposite sex. And Katie, of course, Chris's wife, has been forced into this awful position. Many, many people have been forced into this position. There has been a number of heartbreaking essays and columns and even a couple of memoirs that have been written by trans widows describing their experience and what it's like to see, uh, usually it's the husband uh, that you married, transform into something entirely different. Now, of course, Chris Tyson insists that he is a woman and he has sacrificed his family to pursue a journey of self-expression and the world, of course, is applauding his courage. This is now mandatory when somebody does something like this, while the destruction of Tucker's world, not to mention his father, is course ignored. And there was actually a, a viral tweet. I, I don't know for sure if this is an accurate tweet because I couldn't find any source for it. Alleged that Tyson's son, quote, misses his dad and that he, quote, constantly asks what happened to him and where did he go? Now, I don't know if that is true because I couldn't find a source for the tweet, uh, no matter how hard I looked on the interwebs. But Tracy Shannon, a trans widow uh, who also lost her husband to gender ideology, replied to this tweet on X, and I want to read what she wrote because I do think it encapsulates the experience that, that Katie Tyson and her son are likely enduring right now, and I think because this is an often ignored aspect of transgender ideology that it's worth looking at. Here's what Shannon wrote, quote, I feel for her son. My sons cried themselves to sleep for years after their dad transitioned to look like a woman and live his fetish out loud. They won't be allowed to properly grieve in this backward society. They will be told their lack of acceptance is why they are struggling. They will be told to use preferred pronouns to make their father feel good and to ignore how this makes them feel. They will be coerced into lying, even though they were told lying is bad. Their grief will be ambiguous and unrecognized by society. For not celebrating what feels like a death or an alien imposter taking over their dad's body, they will be ridiculed as bigots. End quote. We don't often think about what it means for children to have a father who now claims to be a woman and claims to be a mother instead of a father, which is something that many trans activists have openly claimed. But of course, motherlessness and fatherlessness in a society that endorses uh, so-called same-sex marriage is something, of course, that we can't discuss and we certainly can't bemoan for fear of being called bigots. Now, back to Tyson's decision to identify as transgender. Now, obviously, there are plenty of celebrities identifying as transgender these days, and there's even more celebrities claiming that they have transgender kids. And so some of you might be wondering, why is it a big deal if some YouTube star named Chris Tyson decided to come out as Chris with a K. Tyson uh, and is now identifying as a woman. Why is this culturally significant? Why might this impact my family and why should I care? And now these are all very valid questions. But I do actually think that decisions like this and that cultural moments like this are extremely significant. And a key reason for that is because tens of millions of young people are following Tyson's story. If you have kids that are un under the age of 20, ask them if they've heard of Mr. Beast, and I'll bet they have, in fact, heard of Mr. Beast. 
the Mr. Beast YouTube channel, where Tyson has appeared alongside his friend Jimmy Donaldson, who is Mr. Beast for over a decade, is the second most subscribed channel on the platform with 229 million subscribers. Now, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which is the reality TV show starring the Kardashian-Jenner family that Bruce Jenner regularly appeared on, rarely broke even 2 million viewers on TV. And I'm sure there was an online audience for it as well, but 2 million viewers. Now, to contrast that for a moment, Mr. Beast videos regularly rack up tens of millions of views, with many, if not most, accruing well over a hundred million. These are truly astronomical numbers. Now, Donaldson, again, that's Mr. Beast, has declared support for Tyson's transition, and he's responded to critics who have noted Tyson's transition and condemned it online by saying that the, quote, transphobia is, quote, starting to piss him off. He's made it extremely clear that he's fully supportive of his former male friend, now becoming, apparently, his female friend. And Tyson, most markedly, dressed as a woman, wearing makeup as a woman, wearing his hair long like a woman, still regularly appears in Mr. Beast videos. The most recent of which, just to give you an idea again of the impact here, have 94, 98, and 145 million views, respectively. Consider those numbers for a second, and consider the fact that it's primarily young people who are watching these YouTube shows. Now, it's difficult to overstate the phenomenal popularity of Mr. Beast and his cast of YouTube stars, especially if you're not a YouTube watcher, if you don't follow the major channels, or if you've never heard of Mr. Beast. And I'll admit that I'm 35, and I'd never heard of Mr. Beast until I realized that there was a significant story going on here culturally. And I started to do a bunch of research because the influencers on YouTube have an enormous impact on the transgender debate and have been a key aspect of transgender normalization from the beginning. doesn't matter which book you read by which expert, all of them essentially say that this ideology is spreading to young people primarily online. Now, Donaldson spends millions of dollars to create viral videos, and it's not hard to see why. If you go over to the Mr. Beast channel, he's got titles like $10,000 every day you survive in a grocery store. That video had 161 million views. Uh, I spent 50 hours buried alive. That one had 313 million views. And uh, $465,000 Squid Game in Real Life, which was a knockoff of a really popular and really gruesome Netflix series, that one had 559 million views. Mr. Beast is consistently cited as one of the top YouTube influencers in the world. And kids follow this channel obsessively. They relate to and feel as if they know the star and cast. YouTube and social media videos and influencers are a profoundly more intimate space than TV and Hollywood ever was. And so older generations identified with TV characters and were obsessed with wildly popular shows like the 1990s sitcom Friends or Seinfeld. Um, people would imitate the hairstyles of these TV stars. They would identify with uh, which character on Friends or which character on Seinfeld 
client and felt they most identified with. But again, uh, social media stars are different because they're more accessible. You can comment on their videos. You can interact with them on social media. You can actually communicate with them directly on the internet. And this has people investing in their personalities and investing in their journeys to a much greater degree than older generations experienced when they admired TV stars or Hollywood stars from afar. Internet celebrity is fundamentally different in many, many ways uh, than Hollywood or TV celebrity was. Now, why is this important? Because online influencers are just that. They're influencers. They're called that for a reason. They wield enormous social and cultural clout. And yet, their social and cultural clout is not understood nearly as well as the poll of celebrities on reality shows. Everybody recognized when Bruce Jenner did his interview on ABC that this was a real moment for the transgender movement, that that Bruce Jenner coming out was actually speaking for many, many people in that movement, and that by telling his story in a space where uh, his claims would be treated uh, very, very welcomingly, uh, where the host was there to encourage him to tell his story without pushing back against any aspect of his story without questioning the premises of his story. People recognized that there were these moments on TV that were very culturally significant, but people don't realize the extent to which digital internet celebrities have a far greater clout with young people. Uh, regularly, when you're reading any book of cultural criticism or when you're reading the history of any movement, or for that matter, when you're reading the history of any political campaign or the rise of any political figure, very specific TV on-screen moments will often be cited as a tipping point or as the point when a certain figure accrued their audience or moments where huge cultural impact was had. One of the most common, uh, I think probably the number one uh, TV moment prior to Bruce Jenner's interview that was heralded as a truly coming out moment for the LGBT movement would be when the comedian Ellen DeGeneres uh, came out as a lesbian on her TV sitcom, both as a character, but also in real life. And in fact, Barack Obama gave her the Congressional Medal of Freedom for furthering the agenda of the LGBT movement by her decision to come out publicly and to come out on TV, because people recognized that the medium uh, was very intimate. And the reason the medium was so intimate is because, as I mentioned on my previous podcast on this issue, uh, when people turn a sitcom on the TV and they're sitting in their living room, it's an intimate space. They feel safe. They're relating to the characters. And they're essentially inviting these stories and inviting these characters into their home in a very real way. And LGBT activists understood this. They did this very deliberately. They negotiated with the writers and with the studios and with the producers to try and push the envelope as far as they could and as much as they could get away with um, in order to introduce LGBT content into these shows and thus into the homes of Americans. And so all of that is, is very well documented. All of that is now very well understood. But yet the influencers on YouTube have largely gone unnoticed by socially conservative commentators, largely because socially conservative commentators, myself included, aren't really turned on to a lot of the popular YouTube channels. Most of us have better things to do than watch a lot of viral content. All of us probably spend too much time on the internet. That's pretty much a ubiquitous social problem right now. But at the same time, 
I'm interested to know how many parents think they know what their kids are watching online when they're scrolling through TikTok or Instagram, when they're jumping from video to video. And I know from experience, again, speaking uh, to audiences in high schools, that very few adults are aware of how much social media their kids consume or what their kids see on social media. So with Chris Dyson's transition, Mr. Beast has become an incredibly powerful tool for normalizing transgenderism. And Tyson knows this. He has already publicly defended hormone replacement therapy, posting the following on X. I want to quote directly uh, from his account here. Informed consent HRT saved my and many others' lives. The hurdles gender non-conforming people have to jump through to get life-saving, gender-affirming health care in a first-world country is wild to me. Just let make people make informed decisions about their own bodies. This tweet was reposted over 1,400 times. And keep in mind that there's a hot political debate going on right now in many European countries, uh, across the United States and state legislatures. Last year, many states actually passed bans on so-called gender affirming care, by which they mean uh, sex changes, cross-sex hormones, and puberty blockers, uh, often for minors. And so this is a hot debate, and Tyson is leveraging the full star power of the Mr. Beast YouTube channel in order to come down hard on the transgender side of that debate. And again, these influencers are wild cards because they are speaking directly to a generation that very few politicians are actually speaking to, and they're influencing viewers in both subtle and non subtle ways. So when Chris Tyson shows up on Mr. Beast, uh, dressed as a woman, wearing makeup, talking about how so-called gender-affirming care saved his life, he's doing so unchallenged, he's doing so unambiguously, and he's doing so with the support of some of the most popular influencers in the world. Mr. Beast is the single most subscribed to influencer on YouTube, bar none. The most subscribed to YouTube influencer. And he is giving a platform to somebody who has become a trans activist over the past year. And again, Tyson uses his social media accounts to leverage this. He frequently posts before and after transition photos, photographs of him looking very masculine prior to taking hormone replacement therapy, and then photographs after where his face looks slimmer and he attempts to use a lot of skillfully applied makeup to uh, appear female. And congratulatory fans have responded to him in droves. And this is also part of the social contagion and part of the peer pressure. You have a major celebrity, YouTube celebrity, who comes forward, and he comes out as transgender, and the hive mind online immediately endorses that decision. Mr. Beast not only endorses that decision, um, but harshly calls out those who criticize this, especially because there was a lot of initial online criticism about the fact that Chris Tyson obviously abandoned his young wife and his three-year-old son in order to make this journey. Uh, he didn't personally sacrifice. He abandoned his family. But of course, we have to celebrate these kinds of abandonments now because the real Chris Tyson needed to shed his family in order to become his true self. This too is a very potent message that is being sent out to tens of millions of young people. And LGBT activists are extremely aware of what his transition means. And there are plenty now of online columns and editorials 
that highlight uh, what they think this transition means for their movement. Uh, one title that I think um, accurately reflects the generic tone of these is, quote, Mr. Beast's Chris Tyson radiates trans joy, celebrating a year on hormone therapy. That one's from the LGBT rag publication Pink News, but it, it sum, sums up the, the general approach that the media is taking. And it's interesting because in, in the media coverage of this, which is, you know, been kind of sparse because if this was a if this was a celebrity from TV or Hollywood, you'd see nonstop coverage. This would be recognized as an incredibly big deal. But because he's a YouTube celebrity, and although his star power probably has more of an impact on the younger generation than it would if an older TV star came out, at the same time, um, like there there's no no questioning whatsoever of the fact that he abandoned his family. There's no questions about whether or not um, Tyson is permanently damaging himself by going on on hormone therapy. The way that this has to be approached is just embracing his role. Now, Mr. Beast's primary target audience is under 25s. And again, in my experience, few parents know much about what their kids are watching on YouTube. I'll give you another example. Andrew Tate was the most Googled man in the world a couple of years ago. He is one of the most popular social media influencers online. He pitches himself sort of as a, as a uh, lifestyle influencer slash workout guru, but in reality is a vicious misogynist pimp who made his fortune um, peddling uh, women on OnlyFans and is currently being charged by the government of Romania with rape and human trafficking. And yet if you ask most parents, who Andrew Tate is, they have no idea who Andrew Tate is because they're not online. They're not scrolling TikTok or Instagram. They're not encountering Andrew Tate's videos. But last year, I spoke to 3,000 students on the issue of pornography, and at school after school, the name Andrew Tate came up. In fact, I would get questions submitted to me with quotes from Andrew Tate just asking me what I thought of the quote. And every time I said, you guys should not be following Andrew Tate. He's an incredibly poisonous person. Uh, those of you who want to see some of the research that I've done on Andrew Tate, you can check out my Substack, uh, which is at, just go to thebridgehead.ca. But Andrew Tate is just another example of somebody that wields enormous influence online, that is increasingly now well-known um, on the surface of society as opposed to the subterranean digital networks where most young people live out their lives these days. But um, Mr. Beast, Andrew Tate, these people actually... Um, they, they wield so much influence that we're unaware of, and most gender-critical or anti-transgender health professionals or experts have been warning parents for years that online influencers play a key role in introducing transgender ideology to children. Thousands of parents have discovered to their horror that their child's identity has been shaped by the online content they consume. Now, Mr. Beast wields huge cultural influence, and now that influence serves to normalize the radical agenda of the transgender movement. And so the reason I thought that this story was important to share with all of you is because, again, there is no way that we are going to win the culture war at home if we are not monitoring the culture that is consumed in our home. There are so many people who think if I homeschool, if I send my kids to a Christian school, if I take my kids to church, if I faithfully supply them with the right books and read the Bible to them, uh, this will be good enough. 
But what they don't realize is that alternative stories are being presented to them by some of the richest and most powerful storytellers on the planet uh, that YouTube stars, YouTube influencers who are creating content that is being viewed up to half a billion times sometimes are pushing and normalizing transgenderism and that this is something that your kids will be encountering. So many parents believe that the first time these subjects come up, subjects on LGBT issues, etc., that they will have the opportunity to contextualize uh, what they saw. Back in the day, you know, you might pass a pride parade or you might encounter a rainbow flag or a rainbow sidewalk and then the parent could gently explain to their kid what that meant in the context of it being age appropriate, in the context of scripture and sort of explain this is what this means and this is what we as Christians um, think of this. Uh, Here's how we view it. That is not the case if your kids have a smartphone, and that is not the case if your kids are spending unmonitored time online. Your kids may be watching YouTube channels run by influencers that make largely innocent videos even, and yet those influencers are normalizing transgenderism, are introducing your children to characters who have tremendous charisma, uh, have tremendous influence, are drawing them into a story in which your kids will feel as if they have a personal relationship uh, with these influencers, with these YouTube celebrities, these YouTube stars, and that their impact will be, if anything, greater than the impact of TV characters in decades past. And so again, watch the internet. Watch what your kids are looking at. Make sure you're paying attention to these things because at the end of the day, it's very likely that on most of the key social issues facing our post-sexual revolution culture, you are not the primary influencer of your kids. I'll always remember the one high school I spoke at when uh, the adults in the room realized that roughly a quarter of the kids in the high school of a very conservative, very conservative Christian high school thought that it was rude not to use the preferred pronouns of a transgender person. They had no idea where this came from, But the reality is that when they have a smartphone, if they're spending time on the internet, they're spending time in a parallel universe with very, very different values. Thanks again so much for taking the time to listen to The Van Maren Show. If you want to listen to past episodes or subscribe to get future episodes delivered to you, please head over to lifesightnews.com. Click on the podcast tab. You can subscribe to our show there. Thanks so much. See you next week.